Hello and welcome to Winning in Work, the podcast taking you from rat race to happy place. Winning in Work is all about showcasing inspirational career journeys and proving that you really can love the work you do and do the work you love. Follow me, Nikki Thomas, international career coach and podcast host, as we meet the amazing people who have created lives they love. Our show guests are no different to anyone else in this world, but they do have a dream and they know they can make their dreams a reality. If you want a career and life you love, subscribe and follow this podcast and join us as we prove it is possible to win in work. Welcome back to Winning in Work. Today we have Ben and Sarah from Dancing Stands Distillery. And um, so hi Ben, hi Sarah. Hey Nikki. Hey Nikki. Hey, um, so I know about uh, Dancing Sands from a gin tasting that I went to um, a few weeks ago and everybody was talking about this wonderful (laughs) gin um, called Dancing Sands and how they'd had it um, and how they didn't, nobody really knew the full story, but they did say about how uh, Ben and Sarah had come from a corporate background, moved to New Zealand and and bought a gin distillery um, without much experience in um, doing that before in their lives. So yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. So it's a fantastic story because, um, and at that point, I was like, right, I need to get these guys on the show. Um, <laughs> Who would do that? <laughs> yeah, like we all dream it, right? That we've all been in the nine to five, thinking, God, I wish, <laughs> I wish I could just leave here and open up my own. Uh, my own gin distillery but yeah. there's very few people that actually go out and do it um so I guess tell us a bit about about your story about what what made you go off and do that yeah yeah I think uh, our, our story actually starts before we came to New Zealand so I I'm American and Sarah's British and we met when Sarah was living in in London and I was living in New York and we were traveling cross cross Atlantic, um, just giving the relationship a go. And just after a while, after managing our lives and it threw a, a spreadsheet around when we were going to see each other next, uh, we decided to, to quit those jobs and we did, we did a little travel and then we rocked up to New Zealand. Um, and that was what, eight, year, eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. Eight years ago. Um, and then, and then when when we got to New Zealand, we we found corporate jobs pretty much straight away, and we worked those for more or less the the bare minimum until um, visas came through that was going to allow us to stay, and we quit those jobs again and um, started Dancing Sands. Well, I mean, I think it's it's probably worth saying. So since very early on in our relationship, we had discussed wanting to do our own thing. Um, we both had pretty successful corporate careers and learned, uh, you know, a lot from from that and got a lot out of it. But we wanted to, to find our own our own way, and it was, I guess, through a series of fortunate events that yeah. we ended up. We'd all, we'd always loved drinking gin. We, we actually um, used to enjoy <laughs> gin martinis in some pretty cool bars around New York, and so there was there was a, a connection there. And then we. We basically found a still for sale in Tarkico in Golden Bay. And, yeah, which we uh, visited the, the previous year. Yeah, we knew Golden Bay as tourists. Uh, and we yeah. loved it. It's just this magical remote spot um, that's stunningly beautiful. Um, 
Yeah, and so we we already had a, a positive impression of the of the area, and when when we came across the the still for sale, um, after doing a little bit of research and um, figuring out everywhere where craft beers exploded, um, craft spirits was a couple of years behind that. It was there was um, just a, a pretty um, well-known global trend and it, w- it was still early on in the craft spirits game in New Zealand. Um, so we thought we'd give it a go. And worst case scenario is we'd go back to um, the jobs we were, we were working before, but probably a little lighter in the bank account. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the big things is that, you know, I've, I've sat at a desk, you know, at 10 o'clock at night on more than one occasion thinking, God, I wish I could do something else. Um, and so I totally get it, but it's that jump from sitting there in, in the office going, I really would like to do something different to actually making the jump to do that and to do something that, you know, as you say, the last time you went to Golden Bay was was when you were tourists, you know, at how's, where's that confidence come from to think, right, I can do it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, throw myself, myself into it, move, move to a different part of the country and give it a go. Yeah, I think I think we we just sat down and and we had been talking about this, you know, setting up our own business for a while. We looked at a number of different areas, you know, we'd written business plans and gotten ideas down. And we just got to the point where we thought if we don't actually make the jump, we're never going to do it. And there's never a good time. So actually when we went first went to Golden Bay to visit the um the site and see the still our first daughter was just 10 weeks old at the time and i remember vividly we had spent the day um looking around the distillery and we went back to our accommodation that night and we were talking it over and we just sort of said we're kind of going back and forth oh well Mia's only 10 weeks old this seems you know absolutely crazy to pack in two very well-paid corporate jobs and and do this but then and then we sort of looked at each other and said well if, if we don't do it now you know there's, ne- there's never going to be a good time there's always going to be a reason not to make the jump so why not just mm. jump now and um I mean there was it was several more conversations from there but ultimately we just decided let's just give it a try and what's the absolute worst that can happen you know the worst that can happen is it doesn't work we lose a bunch of money that we've invested in it and we have to come back to corporate job world with our tails between our legs and we decided that was worth that was worth the risk yeah and I think if you even if you just rewind to the the DNA of our relationship it's it's kind of been built off of um you know this notion that you know worst case scenario is things go back to the way they were you know dating across the Atlantic Ocean is not an easy task (laughs) Um, and you know it's the same mentality we brought into rocking up to New Zealand without ever having been here before is you know worst case scenario is we go back to what life was like before Um, and that you know that kind of that beacon um, is is what guided us in this decision as well think that's a really good point what you what you said there is about you know dating across the Atlantic traveling to New New Zealand when you've never been here before you know setting up roots and it does seem like 
you really do go for it. You've it's almost that you've got that. I can't even think what the word is actually, but it's it's almost that you don't have a fear that holds you back. You just go for it and think and think practically. Well, if it doesn't work out, we'll go back to, you know, you know, we've got a plan a plan B, which initially was the plan A type of thing. Um, yeah, so- and I think um, I, I would maybe just. Um, maybe say that not having not having fear is is incorrect because you know that that would just be being naive um so you know we're we're absolutely you know fearful of of the unknown like like everyone i think that where we come from is that we're we we know what life was like before whatever decision it was and if that's if that's your baseline and and you're pretty confident that you can get back to there then taking the leap is you know it actually isn't that big of a leap because you know that you have this foundation that you can go back to yeah and i yeah. probably just add to that and say it does help that we both come to it with a similar mindset mm-hmm. so we are able to support one another through these decisions because we both have our wobbly moments when we think you know what on earth are we what on earth are we doing or is this the right call but we you know we're able to talk to talk it through and um remind ourselves that you know we're in this together we're a team and we will you know it will be fine what's the I mean at the end of the day what's the worst that can happen we just need to revert back to how things were before and and I firmly believe that in life a lot of things a lot of things can come down to just logistics and just mm. putting in place whatever you need to put in place for you and, and your life um, and, and working working through that. So, yeah, we have taken some, I guess, what probably looks like some pretty big decisions and big, big changes, but um, they've all been done. They've all been done with a with a goal in mind and with um, with a positive uh, you know wanting a positive outcome yeah I think that's it is it as you say you know you it is a pretty much you say not fearless it is a sort of fight the fear and do it anyway but it's the um but it's actually knowing as you, as you said the base is what you've got right now so you're actively by actively making a change in your life you you will get a different outcome exactly and it's giving it a go exactly yeah Yeah. and it's it's probably just having the confidence that if it doesn't go to plan that you can you know reverse engineer back into whatever scenario you came from or another scenario that's going to work for you but it's um i guess it's backing Mm -hmm. yourself and yeah and, and having the confidence to give it a try yeah and backing each other as well i think it's it makes a big difference when you know, your partner in life is also on the same page when it comes to partner at work in work as well. Yeah, right? definitely yeah, helps. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of I guess as you say, you know, there are times when, you know, one of you has to help the other one to keep you on the path. Um so what's what is it that holds you back sometimes? What are those what are those blocks, would you say, that that you sometimes had that moment of going, ah, did we make a did we make the right decision? Yes. Um, for, for me, it's, I guess, initially, when we made the step out of corporate jobs, I had this um, mentality a little bit of, um, can I do this? You know, um, mm. um, 
and I guess probably a little bit to a certain extent I had it in my corporate um, life as well you know when I first offered bigger roles or promotions my instinctive kind of thought process was am I good enough and, and can I do this and so it's been a sort of confidence building over the last four years of running our own business and realizing we can do this we absolutely can do this and we have every right to be having a having a seat at this table in the industry mm. we're in um yeah yeah I think that that's a good one um and I think for for me it's recognizing that progress takes time it's not you know you don't just start your own business and um, you know, the zeros start piling up on, on the revenue, <laughs> on the revenue <laughs> yeah. sheet. and in fact, it's, you know, many, many times it, it's just the opposite. Um, and that runs kind of counter to, to my personality, which is I'm, I can be quite impatient. And, and it also means that I have to take the time to step back and acknowledge that we've actually done a lot of really good work. And not just be looking, you know, three or five years down down the road and, and wanting that today. Yeah, I think that's a real big thing. I'm the same as you. I'm quite impatient. And I have moments where, you know, I started my business and thought, ah, that's it now. I'll jump from, yeah. Yeah. Jump yeah. from my corporate nine to five. Yeah. And, done and done. Yeah. That's it, done. <laughs> yeah. I'll be earning the same amount. It'll be fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and was uh, brought to earth quite quite uh, rapidly, but then I think that's that's exactly it. It's I had to, my mantra throughout building, and it still is. Whenever I have my low moments, is to keep saying I've only failed if I give up. Yeah, um, yeah, that's great. That's really because, good. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you've just got to keep going. And actually, a lot of the time, people I I've seen really good friends of mine give up on their businesses because they're not making the money that they thought they'd be making. And actually, their business idea is fantastic. And if they had just kept going, they they possibly would have, you know, it really would have made a difference and it would have gone somewhere. Um, but it's having that time at the beginning, which where you can't see, not can't see it working, but you can't see, you know, as you say, all the zeros in the bank account and you've just got to keep going on, on blind faith. Yeah, really. yeah. Um, yeah. And because I think there's yeah. so few businesses that start out and have immediate success you know there's such a long mm. runway of hard work and just graft and just getting it done before you you really start to get to the point where small businesses start to grow and, and become you know gain their own momentum and yeah. I think it's probably one of the things that I didn't realize so much when we started is just you know there's going to be really hard times and you just have to keep going. And if you just keep going, you pop out the other side eventually. Um, Hopefully. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it can be very lonely, I think, um, particularly when you're doing it on your own and there's, you know, you, you, you don't have that very, uh, that nice support system that you often have in a corporate environment, you know, where you might have a HR department to help with employee issues or a finance department to help you figure out up from down on your, um, on your financials. Um, I think even just more simplistically, it's you don't have someone saying, nice job. Yeah, cut on the back, <laughs> yeah. did well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. the six-monthly appraisal yeah. system. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you, have to, you have to learn to be your own, your, your own cheerleader. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. You do. That is a really good um, saying to be your own cheerleader, for sure. Um, Yeah, because there are times when you, I always find that there'll be times where I go, ah, what am I doing? And then usually something about, I don't know, maybe 24 hours later, something will come up, whether it's an email or um, just something that says, well done, like it gives me my own well done. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you always have those moments of just going, oh, is this, is this the right path? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But so what would you, I guess, you know, you've done it. What, what would be your tips, I'd say, for somebody that is exactly where you were um, when you were sitting, sort of having those conversations with, with each other about, um, about leaving the nine to five, about going for your own business? What would be, I guess, your tips to people that, yeah, they're at the beginning of their journey and probably had that that odd conversation, but really want to leave nine to five and do it on their own? Yeah, I think that um, kind of the one of the the first tips is that kind of anywhere where you've had success in your life, and and actually probably even more importantly, failure is all of that is going to apply in in almost the exact same way except it's going to potentially be lonelier and harder and um you know w- without without the support system um but that you probably already have a really really good foundation in particular if you're listening to this podcast i i suspect that you know you're already curious about entrepreneurship um and and that it's just it's it's just important to recognize where you're strong and where you're weak and to make sure that you find other people to work with to back your weaknesses um because otherwise you're just going to have a big hole in your business hmm. yeah yeah and i yeah, would just definitely. um from my side it's i think whatever you're just looking at doing make sure you're truly passionate about it and have a lot of energy for it because as we just mentioned you know you can run the first probably one to two years you can you can run purely off adrenaline you know and just and just keep going but eventually it it, it's it's there's a consistency needed to keep going through the times that are harder or when you have problems to solve and if you're not really passionate and and enjoying what you're doing that will be that will be hard so I think if you've got the base the base that Ben talks to around your skill sets and then fold in making sure you're doing something that you truly believe in then you'll have the energy and the motivation to get through the more difficult times which there definitely are yeah, and I think I want to I think I would highlight doing something that you truly believe in over being passionate. Um just get, I I don't I've never really liked it when people say you have to find your passion. Um because I think that that rings empty to a lot of people. It's like, well, you know, I'm passionate about watching sports or, you know, something like that. Um mm-hmm. but that if I think if if what you're doing is mission driven or you completely believe in what you're doing, it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to have a burning passion for it, but you need to have this deeper connection 
um, to what you're doing other than I want to make money. Yeah. You need something to keep you going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a pretty crappy way to try to get rich. (laughs) 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 And it's probably not going to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Just being money, money motivated is not going to get you to where you want to be. I completely agree with you on that one. And you're right. Like to a certain extent, Passion means different words to different people in in the same way that I think goals mean different things to different people. Some people hate the word goals um, to work towards. They just, they say, you know, I I won't work towards them. I want to work towards targets or something like that. They want a different word. And I think that's exactly the same with passion is that some people do get, they don't, they don't work. It's not about being passionate about something. It's about being driven. It's about, some people use the word purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's about, yeah, knowing knowing why you're doing it um, is really, really important. Yeah. And I think just a, another thing to kind of highlight is that even when you go out on your own, you still have a boss. Everyone has a boss, no matter, even if you're not working, yeah. you know, you have a, a partner or, you know, the bank wants money or that someone's demanding something of your, you know, of your resources, whether that's, you know, time, money. Um, whatever. And so, you know, when, when you go out on your own, you, your boss just changes, you know, our bosses, our customers, um, and, you know, making sure that we are, you know, we're delivering on our, our promise to make, um, high quality gin in, in every bottle that, that we make. And, and that just, it doesn't go away. It just changes. Mm. Yeah. How have you dealt with that with working with, as you say, you know, your bosses change, but they are, they are your customers um, and or the bank manager. And it isn't, it isn't as I guess black and white as it can be when you're working in corporate and, you know, in a way, should anything go wrong, you can usually, you know, you've got your manager to talk to or you have other people to talk to. Um, How, how have you dealt with the change in, in bosses yeah that's it's a good question um <laughs> i think originally I, I was probably pretty annoyed to find out i still had a boss because <laughs> <laughs> that was that was definitely something i was looking forward to getting rid of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but but we we handle it through it's it's baked into the the dna of the company that um you know, we sell gin at a high price point and we can't afford to be anything better than the last bottle we made. And so it's acknowledging that we're only going to see see growth and expansion through having meticulous and, and laser focus on every bottle that we make. And so we handle that through, you know, we, we produce in, in low batches. We're very hands-on around quality control. Um, but it, it's putting the customer, you know, at the center and saying, you know, what is it that, that he or she wants and and making sure that we're, we're delivering on that every day. Mm, that's really, oh, I suppose you are in a way. I mean, as I say, I found out about um, about your distillery through word of mouth um and on the table that I was at people were going yeah yeah I know I know Dancing Sands I know Dancing Sands (laughs) you know (laughs) the fact that that 
that, you know, that really piqued my interest because it's not just you see a pretty bottle in the uh, sort of in Liquorland or something, but you actually you actually can see, you know, the story behind it. People know your story. People um, and people ha- have already, I guess, put an emotional attachment to to what you do, which I think on when it comes to things like like alcohol, for people to have an emotional attachment to it, I think it's yeah, I th- I think you're doing really really well. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Thanks. So, in terms of so you've pretty much you've moved on you, and I know when we've spoken before you said that you probably wouldn't wouldn't go back now now that you've seen life on the other side, yeah. um, you wouldn't go back into a corporate life, um, but I suppose how, where has this all come from to do your own thing? Did you do? Are your parents um, do they run their own businesses or you know where have you seen it to think that you would have made that jump? Yeah, um, from from my perspective, um, my my father did run his own business um, and turn it into a, a fairly um, big business before um, he passed away at, at fifty, um, and so that was you know just growing up. It was you know I was I was around it. Um, although mm. all that I was probably, you know, too young to, to really understand it, but, you know, certainly from a romantic perspective, you know, kind of fell in love with the idea of entrepreneurship almost being better than a corporate job, you know, even though that, you know, that's not necessarily the case at all. Um, but that was, yeah, I, I was, I was around it growing up. And so that. So I just, I had that interest and that curiosity uh, around, mm-hmm. around entrepreneurship. Yeah. And, and I completely, the, probably the opposite. I had no experience of it in my, in my life. My um, mom and dad both, um, both had really, you know, good, solid um, jobs, but I hadn't really experienced entrepreneurship. It was only really through meeting Ben that my eyes were opened to other options outside of the corporate world that I probably hadn't given consideration to. And mm. I, I guess I found it really enticing once we started talking about it. Um, for me, it was around being able to learn a lot more, um, but mainly about myself, I think, and challenge myself in a new way. I think having, you know, uh, it's probably eight to 10 years in the corporate world before we made the, the jump. Yeah. I was definitely feeling ready for something else. And I guess I got confidence from seeing how complementary the skills that Ben and I had and figuring that together we could, we could make it work. I think that's it. It's very much you, it's the saying, you cannot be what you cannot see. Yeah. Um, and it is very much that, like, I know that one of my biggest things with moving, making the jump from, you know, paid employment into running my own business was that it was getting my head around the way that, well, just even things like taxes and sort of actually all the money going into a business and then paying myself a salary. And yeah, it was something that I just couldn't get my head around after so many years in court. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because you do, you, 
you kind of get so used to almost just getting your paycheck every month and and quite happily just you know skipping off into the sunset going okay this is how much I have every month and now all of a sudden you go into a situation where you don't you can't rely on it unless you work effectively work for it which I know you do in corporate but it's in a different way um but do you, so but, yeah Nikki, so do you find that gives you does that give you motivation and and keep you going massively because I also think that I no longer have a cap yeah because I think I I used to be quite lazy in corporate myself because I knew that the salary would come in you know I'd get paid every month on this date um and I never had to it didn't matter how hard I worked that week or how little I worked that week you know it's I always knew that it would be the same amount coming in every time um so yeah I think funnily enough it wasn't now I know that if I think oh actually I'm I want to be earning more I work harder um or I get more contracts in because I feel like it's you know you're you're in control of your destiny a little bit more than what you are when you're in paid employment but then in paid employment you're also in a different world because as I say you can you can have an off week and um and know that you'll probably get paid exactly the same to whether you have to work overtime for the for the full week or not so it's it's different just very very different ways of thinking yes yeah absolutely definitely but I'm always intrigued because I didn't grow up in um neither both of my parents were in paid employment they didn't um they didn't run their own businesses. Um, and so I found it very, very hard to make the jump. And I think that when when you grow up and you see people running their own businesses, you I think it's it leaves you open to think, well, this could be an option a lot more than if you don't see it in the people around you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I think definitely. I think it yeah, it normalizes that um that behavior versus just knowing that it it exists, but you know, not, not living it, um, you know, whether, whether directly yourself or, you know, through, through your parents. Um, but, you know, yeah. I, I think, you know, growing up, what was probably more impactful, um, was just the, the emphasis around working hard and, you know, just not relying on any kind of ingrained smarts that you you may or may not have that you know really the the only way to to succeed and smash forward was was to put in the hard work and and that was I mean that was just wasn't literally beaten into us but it was <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know it, it was it was very ingrained into um, you know how we were brought up and I think that that mentality, um, I think more, more so than, than anything else, um, I think, um, serves us well, um, because, you know, when you're out on your own, it's just, no matter how big or how small you are, you always have problems. Um, and, you know, every day is just solving a new problem or a smaller or bigger problem. And so you just need that kind of that dogged determination um, to go after it and that's that's probably something that's very consistent between the two of us yeah. so both of us had that in our upbringings and and both sets of parents have instilled hard work resilience and determination into both of us um and that was a commonality that we had from the beginning yeah and that sees us through the more challenging phases 
of running a small business. Yeah, that's right. I think because we, at the end of the day, we know that um, sometimes you you just need to get on with it, even when it's tough and it's hard, and it, you'd rather not be doing it. Um, yeah, we're we're waiting for our our yeah. two-year-old and our five-year-old to understand that we're not joking when we tell them to go get a job. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant because they must see what you do as well. So exactly, yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how that translates because they'll they're going to grow up with two parents who you know, are, are running their own business. And that's, that's something that's been there from, from day one. And um, we try and talk to them about it and, um, and try and explain what we do, but it will be interesting as they get older, the paths that they choose in life and whether there's any, you know, whether they choose one way or another because of what they see at yeah. home. Mm, yeah. And also seeing their parents working together in a business, um, which I think you know, a lot of us, we only spend sort of a, a small amount of time with our partners. Yeah. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, you know, that can be quieter. You know, you still have frustrations and yeah, things like that. But to run a business and to, um, and to run a business together and at the same time to also bring up, you know, now two, two children, yeah. um, you you know, everything is teamwork from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. Absolutely. It's um, it's probably the, the piece of the puzzle that's been the most challenging to get right. Yeah. Um, and certainly in the early days when we were setting up, when we were setting up Dancing Sands, oh my goodness, there was some, there was some really hard moments. Um, we, we were, set, mm. you know, we'd left corporate jobs. We were setting up a business. We had at the time a very young um, baby um and then we brought another one into the world and um it there were definitely tricky tricky times when those those three worlds of being a couple being a parent and being business owners together would collide um but mm. we i think we're four years in now and we have a pretty good a pretty good balance and um we've established some boundaries some ground rules about how we work together at, in at work and how we are together outside of work and um we complement each other well now i think yeah and communication it's when when things start to go pear-shaped it's because we're not communicating well it's you know someone's mm. holding on to you know that morning's breakfast not going as well as it could have <laughs> and, and then it bleeds into your you know your your nine o'clock stand up with the team and <laughs> yeah uh, and so just you know just being open about you know i didn't i didn't like it when you did x y or z um you know is that i think that that serves us really well and it's something you have to work at every day because yeah. that's not free yeah there's definitely an added dimension of being a couple um, and parents when you run a business. And I would, not, it's definitely not for everyone. Um, it, and I would say it takes extra work. So if that's something you're considering, um, my advice would be you just, you just need to make sure that you're going into it, um, having really talked about it together and, um, and really thought about what it is you're getting into because there's definitely you know, we're not just business partners. We don't just go to our own homes at the end of the day. Um, mm. Yeah, there's a lot more to it. I think that's it. And I know that, you know, 
very very different situation I think on my side you know with us moving to New Zealand you know during a pandemic and you know we both work me and my partner both work from home and we one of the things that we had to you know really learn quite quickly because we went from you know he would be traveling quite a lot when we lived in the UK he would travel quite a lot I was never really at home um so we didn't see when we did see each other it was always the best parts of ourselves um and then we moved here and obviously we're in lockdown and we saw everything. Oh, <laughs> One extreme to the other. <laughs> exactly. And moving countries during a pandemic and, you know, and being in such close uh, living confinements, really. Um, we One of the things that, that we are still struggling with, but that we are quite good at doing is letting things go. Because you're when you're with the other person, as you say, you know, all day you can't hold on to anything because really or you've got to communicate because you know two hours later you're still in the same room together you know three hours later you're exactly. still there right. so yeah. <laughs> you do have to let go but but also letting go doesn't necessarily mean giving the other person a free pass either it's no. it's around you know being communicating and then not holding on to it yeah you and I have become a lot better at giving and receiving feedback from one another because yeah. we had to, uh, because it we just got mm. to the point where we needed to be able to listen to how the other was feeling and, and, uh, and adjust our behaviors to be a bit more accommodating to that. And I would imagine, um, Nikki, you guys are in a very similar situation because it's quite a stressful, um, you know, stressful move anyway, moving to a new country, let alone doing it with everything that's going on in the pandemic and and all of the extra restrictions that come into play as a result oh massively and I think that's one of the big things is that if anything it's it's I don't think that we weren't that close before but we has definitely brought us closer together um even though we do we do argue a lot well argue yeah I suppose we do a lot more than what we did before but it's because we have so much um I guess we have so much airtime. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> absolutely. And readjusting to a new—it's a new scenario. I mean, like you say, both working from from home after being, you know, working in different locations. It's it's a there's a kind of a readjustment phase that needs to happen. Exactly. I think that's the big thing. But I think the other thing that we've also found is, and it definitely sounds the same with you guys, is that when you are um, when you are both quite strong individuals and you've both built built a career separately apart from each other that you know as you say about the feedback but actually pretty much anything when you're so you're so used to being you know managing a team or running running your own department or something like that then to have to work together in a business and you say as well as the household and everything else it's um it it takes some adjusting it takes a long time to not change who you are but learn to work together with yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah yeah it's uh and we're still we're still learning and we still have um we still have our moments yeah, <laughs> for sure <sure>. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's normal and I've I remember listening to couples that used to say they never argue or they never like fight um and I used to think but surely you can't agree on absolutely yeah. everything yeah. there has to be something <laughs> that you you guys have to uh you think differently on and 
And I don't think I would ever change myself to just be amenable to somebody else. I still have to get my point across. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We both have a we both have a very healthy dose of stubbornness in our personalities, <laughs> which means that <laughs> they can, um, yeah, there's, we butt heads a bit. But um, yeah, again, we found a way now. I think to articulate and be clear about this is this is work related or this is family related and. Um, and, and approach it accordingly and we probably have slightly different styles of dealing with things now from a work perspective yeah. and trying to keep it I guess I guess an element of professional and um, um, being able to deal with deal with each other in a in a more of a work style almost to, to keep mm. it to keep some of that personal emotion out of it which sometimes used to creep in in the early days yeah it sound it does sound in a way it kind of makes your relate your entire relationship stronger by having by working in a business um because it can definitely make or break you by the sound yeah. of it if you'd have spoken to us a couple of years ago we yeah. might have had some different answers but we yeah, <laughs> yeah I, 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 but, but I do think you're right I think um on on the whole um our relationship is stronger because of it um but it you know that that wasn't destiny you know we had to really work at it um to to get it yeah. to that place yeah it's probably the, one of the biggest things we think... had to work at yeah yeah but it's also i mean that's the same with the business right unless you work hard and you work at it the business doesn't grow in the way that it has and yeah. i think that's it is that nothing comes naturally everything requires work and time and um yeah. and a form of resilience as well yeah and so, so nikki if you then take that exact comment and you apply it to you know making the leap around going from from corporate to your own you, you kind of have your answer there is you know you have to put in you know the the hard work in your life if you, you if you want the results um so it doesn't really you know in a way it, it almost doesn't matter what that hard work is centered on you know whether it's you know your business your relationship whatnot um and you know and so if you believe in that and you believe in putting in the hard work then you can absolutely you know go out there and and uh, you know make that leap it's really just so true I think that's it. It's just having, you know, taking time and, and yeah, just the time, the resilience, the work, all of, all of the above. Um, so I think on that note, um, what does winning in work mean to you? So for me, it, I guess for me, it's, it's winning and it's almost translating into winning in life. So it's about finding a, a balance and being able to fulfill myself from a work perspective, which for me means constantly learning and constantly feeling challenged um, with, with it also being able to have the family life that I want to have, be able to do all the other things that I want to do, like go for a run or see my friends and, um, and maintain a, a fulfilled balance across, across the board. Yeah, I, I would absolutely echo that, R really, without a doubt, is that there's no 
winning at work without um, also, you know, winning with your family and, you know, winning, you know, winning with your inner monologue, you know, whether that's exercise or social or, you know, meditation, whatever it is uh, that you, you need all three. And it's going to, you know, it's going to come in in fits and spurts around what, what's going to demand more, you know, a one-year-old child demands a lot more than a five-year-old. Um, and, you know, a business in your first 12 months is arguably more demanding than, you know, in the fourth year in some ways. And so it's, you know, recognizing having some flexibility around parts of your life need to, to flex at times to accommodate for, you know, the, the push in the other part, but, you know, keeping that, the balance between those three things. Yeah. I really like that. And I mean, it's that, as you say, it, it can change as well, because as your children change in ages, then the demands will be different. The business will be different as the years go on. Um, so yeah, so it is, it's winning, but the challenges will always be different. And so it's adapting, I guess, to, to the world around you all the time. Oh, well, at that note, I could actually talk to you. Thank you so, so much. Um, so for people that want to buy your gin um, or connect with you online, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? So um, in New Zealand, you can find our gin in most good liquor stores around the country. Liquorland and, and Super Liquor would be uh, two top choices. You can find us online, um, dancingsands.com. Uh, you can buy from us directly online. And then you'll also find us pretty active on social media. So we have uh, Facebook and Instagram um, at Dancing Sands is our profile. We post pretty regularly and let people know what's going on at the distillery and, and what's going on with uh, new ideas and products that we have underway. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Thanks Nikki. Nikki. Really enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Winning in Work. If you like what you hear, then please subscribe or give us a follow and don't forget to leave us a review. You can also follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram under the handle Winning in Work. 